Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and we're so glad to have you back listening again. We are recording this episode live at the Etch Family Ministry Conference here in beautiful downtown Nashville, Tennessee. And the great thing about coming to Etch is you not only get to interact with others who are in ministry, in preschool or kids or student ministry like yourself, who are like-minded and like-hearted as we serve the Lord in the church, but also to interact and rub elbows with thought leaders in the ministry space. And so we, we love to take the opportunity while we have uh, some, some friends uh, who are thought leaders to interact with us here on the podcast. And so today we are honored to have with us Daniel Darling. Hey, Daniel. Hey, great to be here. Man, we're so, so pleased to have you here. For, for those of you who don't know Daniel, he is the Vice President of Communications at the ERLC. He's a contributing editor for Christianity Today's CT Pastors, a regular contributor to In Touch, and a columnist for Home Life. That's a lot of things to write yeah. already. Oh, yeah. But there's more. So his writing has also appeared in the Huffington Post, Washington Times, CNN, Faith Street, and the Gospel Coalition. And he hosts a podcast, uh, the Way Home Podcast. And you've authored some books, too. Yes, a, yes, of a, a few books. That's, if you're going to be prolific, you need to cover all your different media. <laughs> exactly. Outlets. So The Original Jesus is your latest. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, a, he's a teaching and discipleship pastor at Green Hills Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. And so, man, we are so thankful to have you take a few minutes of your time to sit with us. Yeah, I'm pumped to be here and pumped to be uh, at Etch. What a great uh, ministry conference to see everybody here really fired up about uh, discipling kids uh, for Christ. And this is our second year for the yeah. Edge Conference. Were you here last year or is this your first year? I, I did not make it last okay. year. It conflicted with something else on our calendar, but I'm always just cheering on what you're doing here and uh, really what LifeWay Kids is doing. I mean, the, the, the impact, we were just talking about this off the air, but the yes. impact of LifeWay Kids is really, it's hard to get your, your, your arms around just how big it is. Yeah, because a lot of people think of the resources that we make or mm-hmm. the stores that we have, but there's yeah. there's a lot of ministry oh, that yeah. goes on through our, uh, even though we're a large publishing company, yeah. well, it's, and it's still as, relatively as, small. As a pastor, the tools you know for churches and, and church leaders and ministry leaders that you guys provide are just really excellent, top-notch. Well, we are going to be talking today about a topic that you are leading as a breakout session here at Etch, and that is teaching your kids about human dignity. And so that's... Not a light topic, right? There's some weight to that. Yeah. Uh, extremely. And now we're going to get to that in just a moment. Uh, but first, let's pause for a little moment of levity. And so we, we like to get to know our guests on the show here. And since we work with kids, we like to hear about what your life was like when you were a kid. And so we like to ask questions about some favorites or some different Absolutely. things. Absolutely. So, so when you were Bring little, it on. When you were young, um, did you have a favorite television show that you like you know, to watch. You know, what's funny about that, that you asked that is um, growing up, our my parents were unusual in that we did not have a TV in our house. Wow. Isn't that okay. interesting? So we we listened to the radio. Mm-hmm. And I, so I listened to old time radio. I listened to ball games on the radio. I listened to all kinds of stuff. And we read. Um, we did not have a TV in our house, which, you know, when I tell my kids that, they just can't even believe can't that. Comprehend um, that, right? So I now think most people have three or four. Right. When I got older, we got a VCR, and that was like okay. And then you know, anyways. But we didn't have a TV. However, we still snuck in TV, you know, Every from time to time. So, so was there a show or a program that you would m- m- most like to sneak off to watch? Um, that's a good question. I would say, well, I hope my mom's not listening. I do like The Simpsons. 
a little <laughs> bit. Uh, I like shows like Bonanza and all those other things. So, I mean, as an adult, you know, I'm a huge fan of um, uh, Seinfeld and, uh, Great you know, The West Wing yes. is, I think, the best show ever oh, made, incredible. followed closely by incredible Friday Night series. Lights. Mm, um, that's one I haven't seen. You got to see it, the man. The West Wing, though, is an amazing series. Yes, yes. We could and talk Seinfeld. all day about that. You know, oh, we Seinfeld. Could just, we could oh, just yes. quote Seinfeld Absolutely, all day yeah. long. Absolutely, yeah. It's not that there's anything wrong with that. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Right, exactly. <laughs> Great. All right, now tell me, uh, as a child, did you have uh, a birthday that you remember standing out? Maybe it was an extra special yes, cake or an extra special I gift. Do. Tell me about that special birthday. So I have three birthdays that I remember distinctly. Okay. One was, for whatever reason, my eighth grade, eighth grade, sorry, my, my eighth birthday, we moved into it. We had just moved into a new house. And I remember distinctly my dad coming upstairs, up the stairs, holding a basketball in his hand. I was a huge basketball player or basketball fan and played in junior high and high school. And, um, and it was the era of Michael Jordan, the Bulls. Oh, yeah. So he had a basketball in his hand. And I don't know why I remember that. And then I also remember my 16th birthday just because um, my parents had a surprise party and all my friends came and like surprised oh, me and tackled me. And then I remember one other birthday, and I don't remember which one it was, but my mom had ordered a special cake from the bakery, like had it paid a lot of money, had it specially made and all this stuff. And... My brother, who was younger, thought he would help, so he went and grabbed the cake out of the refrigerator, and he dropped it oh, and messed no. it up. And my mom just, like, snapped, oh. and she she actually was so mad, she took his head and put it in the cake. Like, Yikes. I'll show you. And he actually liked it. He's like, oh, this tastes good. So anyways, those are the three I remember. I know that's kind of weird, but... Well, that, you know, putting the head in the cake, that's a really good transition to our topic for the day. Yes. Talking about human dignity. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've lost my dignity with cake more than once. Uh, so let's, let's tr- thank you for sharing those things. It's, it's just so fun to hear about, uh, give a little insight into people's lives. So that, that basketball birthday is a good one. So let's, let's talk about uh, teaching our kids about human dignity. So how do we teach our kids about the value of human life in a world that increasingly cheapens it. Uh, so we, we need to have difficult discussions about things like abortion, mm-hmm. human trafficking, and all the different issues that are in our culture today that are tough topics. I think we have to first step back and ask ourselves, what does it mean to be human? Mm. You know, I think every generation essentially is asking that question, but ours may be more acutely. Yeah. Uh, where do we get our definitions of humanity, of um, what does it mean for me to be human and how I think about myself, but also how I think about others? And really, it's a matter of worldview. Yeah, it is a matter of worldview. And I think um, this is where the, the Bible's concept of human dignity, of the Imago Dei, that, yeah. that every person is created in the image of God, that humans are distinct from animals. They're distinct from the rest of creation. You know, all of creation, the Bible says, was spoken into existence yes. by God. But humans, you know, Moses stops the narrative and basically says that God sculpted yes. humans from the dust of the ground with his hands and breathed into them the breath of life. What does that mean for the way we think about ourselves and the way we think about other people? I think it's profound, and I think that has to guide us as we, as we teach our kids. Yeah. So starting there, uh, and we know we live in a world where there are many different starting points, yes. different foundational mm-hmm. beliefs that are, that are not the same mm-hmm. as the Christian worldview. And so we have to navigate our way through a culture where, where we have a different idea of the value of, hu- of a human life compared to someone else. Yeah. So how do we begin to talk to our kids about these things? Well, I think we first let our kids know who they are. Yeah. They are created in the image of God. 
they are valued, they have worth, they have dignity. They're fallen uh, because of the fall, but, but in Christ, Christ restores our humanity and restores us to our original image-bearing purpose. Our image-bearing purposes are both to create and to work, but also to glorify God and to, and to, and then we also want to have our kids, even at an early age, speak up um, for those whose voices have been silenced. Mm. And, and you just look around and you see, whether it's abortion where the unborn really have no voice, or it's refugees and immigrants who, uh, for one reason or another, are scapegoated and are dehumanized in many ways, or whether it's just senseless violence or... Um, you think about the elderly and the way we want to kind of shuffle them off and dehumanize them. Any any place where uh, human dignity is under assault, I think we have an opportunity to press the unique Christian message in there and say, Christianity has a word for for for, digni- for humanity. And we're always looking around and saying, that marginalized person, there's a person here. Now, this is not just an other, but there's a person here. Hmm. Um. If you would, put this in a little bit of context for us in terms of uh, age-appropriate discussions. Mm. You know, we, uh, we know that young, young children learn at a more concrete level before they yeah. can understand abstract principles. Uh, as we're, uh, I, this is something really we need to start right from the very beginning, mm-hmm. you know, about, about a child knowing who they are. How, yeah. how might you begin to have this discussion with a very young, you know, preschool-age child? And then how would this progress as that child moves towards middle school? Yeah, and I, I think... You know, we always have to be knowing our kids and knowing what they can handle and what's age appropriate, but also want to be stretching them a little bit. And, you know, we don't want to um, overwhelm our kids. So even as we're filtering the news and what do we tell our kids, what do we not, what stories do we tell them, what do we not? On the one hand, we want to expose them to some of the injustice in the world so they can have God's heart for for injustice and begin to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. But at the same time... um, we, we want to do it in a way that they can handle, obviously, and a uh, way that they can process. Uh, sometimes we're afraid to talk about hard things with our kids, but actually our kids are going to ask us, and they're going to be exposed to it anyways. Um, and, and it's interesting, when we think about human dignity, even in little ways, we can dehumanize. Hmm. So when we, the way, for instance, maybe siblings treat each other, that hmm. there's a way that you can... Uh, call your siblings names or dehuman uh, bully them in a way that is lowering them down and dehumanizing them um, or even in the way our kids think about themselves so whenever they sin uh, the temptation is to say well that's just who I am or I'm just being human and actually to sin is not human to sin is subhuman you know that was the temptation of the enemy in the garden that um, in in obeying the voice of the serpent you know humans are supposed to have supposed to have uh, dominion over the animal kingdom, but we listen to the voice of the serpent. And whenever we sin, it, sin it makes us subhuman, makes us like animals. So just reinforcing to our kids that to sin is not who you are. Yeah. You know, you're created in the image of God. If you're a Christian, you've been redeemed. Um, and so I think just looking for little, you know, little teachable moments where we can kind of press this into in there. And I think it's pretty common, you know, for us to look at others who believe the way we do or look mm-hmm. the way we do or live the way we do as human mm-hmm. and to not really know what to do with people who are different. Yes. That's really important. And actually, I think um, it's most important when we're talking about human dignity and talking with our kids, how we think about people who disagree with us. Yes. Because there, there's a real tendency in our culture to 
dehumanize our opponents. Yes. Right. And so we we and can't that's just a strategy that our opponents may be using against right. us. Right. We yeah. can't just have a debate. We have to crush people. And I think the digital world has made it even easier because you're having these arguments with, you know, avatars. Yes. And and uh, thumbnails. Yes. Without realizing there's actually a person here. Uh, and even though I disagree profoundly with this person, they are still creating the image of God and have dignity and respect. This is why Peter says in First Peter to respect all men. This is why James says to the early church to respect uh, all men because they're made after the image of God. And so uh, when we're talking politics, I mean, I, I know of a situation last year. I really liked politics. And so last year I was really involved in the presidential campaign which really got nasty and ugly and was really shameful on both sides but I come home saying things about a candidate or two and I catch my kids saying those same things and I'm listening to what we're saying and in some way it's dehumanizing Mm. even that person whose values I totally disagree with is still a person a political candidate is not an avatar they're a person with feelings regardless of how we agree with them so I think Using those opportunities to te- talk to our kids that way is really important. And so part of this, it seems, is how we think, mm-hmm. right? We need to change our way of thinking, renewing of our minds mm-hmm. so that we are aware of the human humanity, the humanness mm-hmm. of all humankind, all mankind. But then there's a, a sense of action that has to yeah. follow, right? Because it's not enough just to think that way. It needs to affect what we do. So how... what? How might our actions be changed through this? Uh, certainly the conversations we have on social media, mm-hmm. most kids are not doing that. Right. Uh, Hopefully. But, yeah. But, but how does it affect the way we live? Well, I do think it affects um, even kind of uh, the, the way we care for, for the vulnerable. Mm. And so uh, whether it's helping the homeless or helping the poor or volunteering or speaking up for the unborn or yeah. whatever, whatever God has called us to do really grounding that and why we're doing it. And we're doing it for two reasons. One, we're doing it because God has called us to love our neighbor who is created in the image of God. And if he um, or she, uh, if there's injustice happening, if there's vulnerability and they're not being given the dignity that they deserve, then we should, we should use our privilege and our wealth to go help them. But the other reason we do it is because uh, we believe the kingdom of God, um, when Jesus says the kingdom of God is good news for the poor. And so yes. whenever we whenever we serve the least of these, we, we show the world a tiny glimpse of what the kingdom of God will look like in full. You know, and we have this holistic gospel that Jesus cares uh, about who gets in and out of the kingdom. He told Nicodemus, you, you can't be in the kingdom unless you're born again. And really the most, hum- the most wonderful thing we can do for people creating the image of God is can reconnect them to the creator through Christ. That you were made for more and God has rescued you from sin in the grave. And, and God wants to restore you to your image-bearing purposes. So to share with them the gospel. Mm. But we don't just stop there. We also care for people's physical well-being. We, we, that's why we do acts of charity and we do yes. acts of compassion. Because the kingdom of God, uh, we, we show the world a glimpse of what the kingdom will look like in full. It's good news for the poor. Uh, the lame walk again. The, the yes. sick are healed and all those things. Yeah. Well, talk to us briefly about that word dignity. I think that word... That's a really weighty word, mm-hmm. right? We're not just talking about teaching our kids about human kindness or about human yeah. awareness. Unpack that word dignity for us. Why is that such an appropriate word? Well, I think it's an appropriate word for a couple of reasons. One, in an increasingly confused world, when people are confused about who they are, gender identity, whether, whether being created man, male or female is good or not good, 
um, when we're tempted to marginalize people or otherize people, whether it's through racism or through other ways, um, or whether we're, we're, we confuse humanity with, say, uh, the animal life or, or with uh, the rest of creation. We're saying that to be human has a certain distinction that yes. God has given, a certain dignity above the rest of creation, that every single person, regardless of their station in life, um, is worthy of respect, is worthy of dignity, uh, because they were created by God. Mm. Um, they're, they're, I think there's increasing kind of mixing of, of that concept, whether it's from the left or from the right, where um, we were tempted to otherize certain people with that group of people is the problem. We need to eliminate them. Or maybe uh, we worship the creation, as Paul mm. says in Romans, more than the creator. And when we do that, we sort of blur the categories between creation and, and humans. So we're just saying that humans have dignity. Humans have worth. Um, and living that out is it's easier for us to talk about on a podcast. Sure. But living that out in everyday life is uh, much more difficult, right? So is there a challenge there that you might extend? What, what might that challenge be? I think the challenge would be for parents and for uh, student pastors and uh, student ministry leaders and kids ministry people who are in the trenches with kids. Um, there are a lot of kids who are coming into our church doors or coming over in our families who have not been told that they are created in the image of God, that they are... That they, they are special to God. They have dignity. Um, they've been cast aside, whether it's in the foster care system or broken families. And so there's a really great opportunity for us to communicate with them who they are. Uh, and then also I think there's an opportunity for us to educate our own kids and, and encourage them from an early age to look out for and care for the dignity of others. Yeah. Uh, that by serving others, we're serving Christ. I mean, this is what it means to be an image bearer of Christ. Yeah. I think of that, as you're talking, I think of that picture of the, the crisp new $20 bill, mm. which has that value of $20. And yes. you take that same thing and you crumple it up and you maybe tear it a little bit. And mm-hmm. It's dirty and yeah. ground into the, but the value Still worth 20 bucks. isn't based on the circumstance. Right. It's because of what it is. That is an important distinction, by the way. And sometimes you'll hear people say about, about the image of God that, um, well, because of the fall, the image of God has diminished in certain people. So like the disabled or people that don't have cognitive abilities, mm. they have less of the image of God. And that's actually not true because if you look throughout the scriptures, even after the fall, God gives a dignity to all humanity. Mm. And I think that, that's very important for us uh, that we don't kind of slip into that. But mm. Mm. Daniel, thank you very much. We so appreciate you having Glad here. to be here and grateful for the work that you're doing. And thank you for sharing your words of wisdom with us and your insights. And listeners, thank you for listening. And I trust that you will take these words to heart. And that is you uh, work with your kids uh, and leaders as you interact with moms and dads and parents that you would, you would continue to elevate the value of, of all humanity as it's all made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who are like us and those who are not so that we can teach our kids how to be the hands and feet of Jesus to everyone they interact with. Daniel Darling, again, thank you for your time. Listeners, thank you for listening, and we'll see you back again sometime soon on the next episode of the Lifeway Kids, Kids Ministry 101.